0: Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and it is day number 586 of our three-year journey through the Word of God, and we come to Hebrews chapter 11. This is one of the great chapters of Scripture. If I were to make a top 10 of what I think are the most powerful, impactful, significant chapters of Scripture, this would probably make that top 10. Um, Of course, I might have 15 or 20 chapters in my top 10, but if you know me, that wouldn't be a surprise to you. But seriously, this is a great chapter. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we dig in together this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your love for us, for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for giving us life in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he is the object of our faith, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who is Lord of all. Help us to see Jesus more clearly as we go through this chapter together this morning and write it on our hearts that we might love you and follow you better. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, Touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, and all these, though commended for their faith, through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us They should not be made perfect. That is Hebrews chapter 11. I'm so tempted to just go on and do the first few verses of chapter 12 because I actually think those first four verses of chapter 12 belong with this chapter since they are the application. It starts with therefore, but we'll get there in just a few days. I think Mike will be doing that one on Saturday. So faith. This is the Hall of Fame of Faith, is how Hebrews chapter 11 is often known. But really what it it is, is an, an unpacking of what it looks like to live by faith. And what faith is, and how faith lives. And it does so by going through the major figures of the Hebrew Scriptures of the Old Testament, and drawing out... From the lives of these men and women of faith what faith is and what it looks like to live by faith and that's because again remember the context of the book of hebrews it's being written to a group of jewish believers who are tempted to abandon their faith and to go back to outward forms to go back to the synagogue and back to temple worship hebrews was written before the temple was destroyed. And so they want to go back to these things. And the author of Hebrews has been spending a long time showing them how greater Christ is, how much greater the new covenant fulfilled in Christ is, how much greater the sacrifice, the once-for-all sacrifice of Christ is than the repeated sacrifice. So most of Hebrews is dealing with the superiority of Christ. But here it's a call to say, really, the people that you admire... The forefathers, the, the great heroes of the Hebrew Bible, these are not people who lived by outward forms. These are not people who lived by trying to fit in. These are not people who, you know, shrunk back from persecution and did what they could to conform. These are people who lived for what was unseen and by such strong conviction they lived by what was unseen, that they were willing to be rejected. They were willing to be deprived because they knew the one who had promised. And even though they all died without even actually receiving in this life, in this visible existence, the things that were promised to them, they still died in faith. And they're going to receive the fulfillment of the promises along with us in the city that has foundations, whose builder is God in the city that God has prepared for his people. So that's really the overarching message of Hebrews is don't live for the things that you can see. Don't live for the things that are easy, that are convenient and close at hand. Trust God and his promises more than what your eyes can see. Live by faith and not by sight and live for the things that are promised not for the things you already have. Don't choose security and complacency and conformity. Choose bold faith, trust in God, even when that brings you rejection and suffering. So the first example we're given here is of Abel, who offered a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Well, we know what happened to Abel, Right? He, he was the one who lived by faith. He was the one who made the better sacrifice and he died. But through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And then we have Enoch who lived at the time of the of, of tumultuous chaos between uh, Cain and Abel and the flood when there was increasing wickedness in the world. But he walked with God and God was pleased with him and then he was taken out of this world. And both Abel and Enoch pleased God by faith. And so verse 6 tells us, "...without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him." So this is believing God, believing that he's real, and believing that he is well able and willing and faithful to reward those who seek him by faith. That's how we're supposed to live. Third example given to us is Noah. Now, we know how much Noah was ridiculed and persecuted and outcast. But by faith, he spent 120 years building an ark with his sons. And he was was condemned by the world, ridiculed by the world. But then he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And then you have Abraham. He was called by God. And what did the call of God mean for him? He had to leave behind the comfortable, complacent existence of his his homeland. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He was promised, you're going to get this as an inheritance. And he goes out. Now, he wasn't actually focused on that land. Because if he was focused on that land... If he really wanted just to inherit dirt in this world, he could have stayed where he was. But no, he was trusting God. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. I think sometimes Christians put way too much focus on the land promise that was given to Abraham as though the particular geographical spot of Israel is what it's really all about. You know Jesus has expanded that promise and said the meek shall inherit the earth, the whole earth, and that's really the new heavens and the new earth, the new Jerusalem, the city that has foundation whose builder and architect is God. Who's de- sorry? Whose designer and builder is God? Architect builder uh, is God. And so Abraham's promise, Abraham's faith in the promise, brought forth as many descendants as the stars of the heaven and the grains of sand by the seashore. Abraham's faith and Sarah's faith along with Abraham that God would keep his promise even in an impossible way to very old people leads to, in God's providence, leads to you and I and a countless multitude of people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation being counted as children of Abraham because we have faith in their promised seed, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these people being given as examples so far, they died in faith. They they didn't receive the things that were promised. They were promised things. They saw them by faith. They trusted God for them. But their whole lives, they were strangers and exiles on earth. They wanted a homeland, but they weren't really thinking about an earthly homeland. Because, look, they could have just gone back home and stayed with their families. They could have just settled down anywhere, but they wanted a better country, a heavenly one. You and I can settle down and be complacent and be conformed to the patterns of this world, or we can trust God to be preparing for us a city. We can trust God for the better country that is the heavenly one. And the chapter continues with more examples. Abraham, not only is he called to leave his homeland, but now he's called to offer up his son. This is hard. This is difficult. Faith is not easy, but he trusted That God was able to raise Isaac from the dead because he knew the word of God. Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He trusted that even if he had to kill Isaac, God would raise him from the dead because God would keep his promise that through Isaac shall your offspring be named. That's faith. Trusting God more than what your eyes can see. Trusting God more than anything that makes sense because God's word is more sure than everything that makes sense to us. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. I mean, they're they're he's dying and they've fought with each other. And what is he gonna do? He sees the covenant promises and he sees the blessings, and by faith he's able to do that. And then Jacob, you know, he's in Egypt, where the people have had to leave the promised land area because of famine, and they're gonna be there for hundreds of years, but he's dying on the staff and he's worshiping God and he is blessing the sons of Joseph and he's blessing all of the tribes of Israel Joseph again in exile gave direction by faith Moses Moses had such a privileged position that God had protected him from being killed and had put him in Pharaoh's household he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter but he said no I'd rather be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Anything this world could give me, all the treasures of Egypt are nothing compared to the reproach of Christ. That is better by far because it comes with a far greater reward. And so he leaves Egypt, keeps the Passover, sprinkles the blood, does what God tells them to do. Obedience by faith, trusting in God. So, he says, time's running out. What more can we say? He talks about Ahab, talks about Gideon, talks about Barak, talks about Samson. You know what I love about this chapter? There's one thing, personally, I really love about this chapter. Not only is it showing us so powerfully what it means to live by faith, but we also see that those who, those who trust God and his promises, those who live by faith, Sins are covered. Sins are washed away. Sins are removed. Because we don't hear anything about all of the massive flaws that all of these people had. All of these people had massive flaws. But we're not told about any of those things because grace has covered all of that. And their faith is what we remember them for. Their faith is what they are commended for. And sometimes that faith led to great victory. Conquering kingdoms, enforcing justice, obtaining promises, stopping the mouths of lies. But at other times, that faith led to what looked like, from an earthly perspective, absolute defeat, torture, death, mocking, flogging, chains, imprisonment. Faith doesn't just say, I will trust God for a new job. I will trust God for a pay raise. I will trust God for a better house. I will trust God for a happier life. Faith says, I will trust God to keep his promises to me, his eternal promises to me, of things that I can't see in this life, I will trust him even if following him means I lose my job, means I get fired from that position, means I'm passed over for that promotion, means that I'm hated by my family. I will continue to trust God. And then the wonderful commendation these are men of whom the world was not worthy. These are men for whom God has provided something better. Men and women. Sarah and Rahab are included here. Men and women for whom God is not ashamed to be called their God. They're men and women of whom the world is not worthy. They're men and women for whom God has provided something better. And we, by God's grace, are included in this inheritance to receive the inheritance along with them. So how important is it for us not to give up, not to lose heart, not to turn away, but to keep trusting, keep persevering, keep looking to God, keep seeking him. For he is faithful. He is faithful, more faithful than our own judgment of what we see in our lives, more faithful than our own feelings that are so subjective and and changeable with each passing mood, more faithful than politicians' promises or worldly aspirations or the stock market and our investment portfolio. God is more faithful. He is more to be trusted, more to be followed than anything our eyes can see or anything this world has to offer. Let's pray. Father, you are so good. You are so faithful. You are so wonderful to us. We don't deserve anything from your hand, and yet you you who made the world out of nothing by the word of your power have promised to us great things by your powerful word. Help us to trust you for them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 11. Love that chapter. Hope you do too. Hope you're having a great day, and I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord, and come and join us again tomorrow.